the level of press, radio, and films. We ask that we ask that if you would like more information about NA, that you speak with a representative at the registration desk. We appreciate your interest and trust that you respect our traditions. As our 12th tradition may further explain, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. This workshop is being taped so that others who are not here may benefit from the message of recovery shared in this room. If you'd like to share and not be taped, please indicate before you share and the equipment will be shut off. And we also have another note here from the convention committee. In order to meet our budget commitments, the 10th East Coast Convention Committee asks that we remember the principles of our 12th tradition. If there's anyone here who has not yet registered, please do so. Registration is located in Richmond Building 5. A button will be issued to signify registration. Thank you, the Convention Committee. Here, please. Thank you all for being here. This is great. Nice full room here. Okay, I'd like to take the opportunity now to introduce our speaker, Susan. Step right up. huge meeting. Um, I kind of figured it would be. Um, I think um, for me I know that self-acceptance is one of those elusive things that I, I continually try and capture, hold on to and, and be able to maintain in my life, in my recovery. And um, I was sharing with someone out there, it was just like everyone, we all come and we just, it's beautiful, you know, it, to see the desire and the willingness um, to grow, you know, to find some solutions um, for ourselves, you know, for our lives, you know, and um, this program has given me that um, opportunity you know, um, to be able to seek out and, and work towards um, things like self-acceptance, you know, which are so necessary for me to have any kind of peace of mind and, and happiness. And, and that's, you know, what I wanted when I came here. Um, I truly was seeking some kind of peace of mind and happiness, you know, when I heard the term living and enjoying life without the use of drugs, that's what I wanted, you know. Um, I knew somehow through some sort of spiritual um, um, enlightenment or whatever, and I just mean that in that it was a whole new idea that came to me. It was like that I couldn't have that and continue using, you know, and um, that was a whole new idea that just came to me from somewhere. Um, I knew I was miserable when I, you know, when I was using. I knew that I hated life and that I wasn't enjoying myself and that I always felt, well, I often felt very desperate, very fearful, very angry, and, and very, very unhappy. 
and um, I knew I just couldn't go on like that you know I, I just didn't want to go on like that anymore and um, somehow I came to know that that you know um, there was no way there was no way out um, I felt there was no way out but I, I came to understand that it couldn't change if I still used and today that's still prerequisite to all of this you know is that um, it, it's taken me a while to be able to seek out and and even have any kind of awareness of my need for self-acceptance in my life and it's taken a while of being clean for me to uh, really value that and a lot of things you know today um, one gift that my recovery has given me is that I can really say and like I don't know if it's the same term for value as you guys have but to me I have my own interpretation of value and and that feels good because you know I can remember in my first few days clean um, being in a treatment center and people talking about morals and values and I really didn't have a clue what it felt like to value something you know to truly value something and it's it's now and it's the gifts that this program has given me that I truly value you know it's like I was sharing with some people that how much I value sponsorship today like truly um, depend upon it I'm grateful for it and I'm willing to put the effort in paying that it just it would I, I'd just let it go you know or it would go away because I was not never willing to work for anything um, so self-acceptance <laughs> Well, the first thing I guess I had to do to some kind of acceptance of myself as being an addict um, I knew I couldn't use anymore when I came here. I didn't, I, w I came here not wanting to use. I came here when it was like I've had enough, you know, and I and I wanted to stay clean, but I had learned through trying on my own that I just could not do it on my own alone. And um, but what I what I had to come to learn was the full aspect of this disease, being not just um, you know my using was just like a symptom of where my disease took me. But it was, it was, it's me, you know, it's, I've come to understand, like in our first step, it talks about it being threefold, you know, physical, mental, and spiritual. And, um, when that really hit hard on me was after I'd been around for, for a little while and I was guess it was it's just like more of myself was being revealed to me all the time and I was at a point where I was starting to see clearly some of my self-destructive behaviors my self-destructive thoughts and reactions to things and I started getting really scared you know I um, 
and it was like it's not the drugs you know I've been clean and I've been in this program for a while and um, I can't blame it on anything outside myself you know I was at that point and it scared me um, so what I tried to do was desperately change things I tried to desperately deny deny what was going on within me you know deny the fears deny outright deny some of my behaviors and my reactions even when confronted by other members and um, it, it, it was like the more I desperately tried to take control and change these things and repress them and, and fix them and deny them, the more they blurted out. And, um, you know, it was through finally hearing something my sponsor was telling me that, that I have to accept where I'm at. You know, I have to accept me as I am today that I finally surrendered and went back to step one. And um, because I tried, you know, she was, she was telling me, well, like, um, you, can't, you can't change these things about yourself on your own, you know? Like, you can't make, make it go away, you know? You can't just turn yourself into some other person, you know? In our sixth and seventh steps, it talks about becoming humble and, and relying on a higher power to do that. You know, trusting the process, trusting our higher power, or the process of recovery, whatever you want to use. And um, for me, humility was trying to gain some acceptance of, of me, you know, completely, you know, where I was and how I was and everything. And um, the reason why I had to go back to step one with, with that is when I looked at that, I realized that I really, it's like it was something that I really pointed out to me that I couldn't trust like my higher power with this one like this this was serious and I realized that I this I realized that I really didn't trust once again and I didn't have my third step and I realized that I didn't have my second step and I realized that I was right back at the first step and this is just the process and it took you know several months um, the first time and this is just the first time I was you know my eyes were opened you know, to um, to my my disease, you know, um, in a real way where where I had to accept that I was definitely powerless, um, and that I it was time for me to learn to trust this program, this fellowship, because it's like it happens to me all the time now. It's just that it's not such a shocker you know I've, I've I and I have some trust today and I have some faith and I have some experience you know it's just like anything for the first time it's just like so frightening especially when it's we're faced with ourselves for the first time and that's like for us in recovery it's like the first time we're faced with ourselves you know after years of just running because I ran from the time I was a little kid not physically by running away but just by <coughs> finding any way and means I could to change things around me or people around me to make me not feel the way I was feeling, you know. So, um, so, yeah, step one, um, 
really helped me on my road to uh, self-acceptance. You know, admitting that that I was powerless over my addiction, you know, that disease within me, and that there was nothing that I was going to, I didn't have any solutions on my own. You know, I couldn't manage it. I, I couldn't run things on my own. Um, and, and that leaves you in a very, very vulnerable position. It left me in a very vulnerable position. And it left me needing to seek out a higher power that I could trust and that could give me some security in knowing that, that I was going to be okay, you know. And um, today, you know, my self-acceptance is very much related to my relationship with my higher power. You know, because I'm still that same addict, I'm still that same person, and today the only difference for me, the way I'm feeling right now, is that I do have a choice, you know, and, and there's days when I choose to feed into all my insecurities and doubts and all my rejections of myself, you know, and all my, you know, self-doubts, and there are days when I'm capable of choosing not to do that, but my only avenue through, through self-acceptance, self-welcoming, you know, is, is through knowing that, um, is through knowing that I have a higher power, you know, within me and surrounding me, you know, and, um, And how I, how I really use that higher power is, is um, through this fellowship and this program and the steps. You know, that's how I grab onto it. You know, that's how I take hold of um, my hope, you know, for uh, not having to continually reject and destruct myself. Um, I found that a real stumbling block for me was my um, judgmentalness, or however you want to call it, my, my incredible judgmentalness. Is that a word, judgmentalness? <laughs> Judgmental. Anyway, I had this thing that kept popping up in me that would, like, judge, you know, um, I guess it was shortly after that time it started happening. I guess it was, our, you know how our disease right away when we're finally faced with something and then we finally maybe will start like working towards it. It's like, okay, this is, this is this package, Susan here, you know, she's a recovering addict. And I just want to say it, it was real important for me to call myself you know, to say, I'm Susan, I'm a recovering addict, I'm an addict in my mind, you know, before I can accept myself, I have to know and call myself who I am, and um, who I am, I believe, is a recovering addict today, you know, and, and that means that, that um, I don't have to um, identify myself as the addict who was out there using. You know, I don't have to identify myself in my mind um, by all my 
by all the ways in which my disease runs me because that's not who I am today. You know, today I'm a recovering addict. You know, so I'm, I'm a person with a disease of addiction who has a fellowship that just loves her, you know, who is surrounding her, who is guiding her, and who is available to her to help her grow, you know, to help her live and enjoy life without the use of drugs. You know, and I have to recognize myself as that because that is the person I want to com come to accept. You know, I don't want to come to accept, oh, well, I'm an addict, so, like, that's all right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I mean, I can if I want to, but I don't want to, you know? So it's real important for me to acknowledge who I am. Um, so, yeah. What we do sometimes when we're on this road to like recovery is like whip, whip the focus right off ourselves. And I guess that's what happened. And it's like I just started judging, like looking around at everybody else. And, um, and, and it's, it's been one of the hardest things. It's been ironically one of the biggest stumbling blocks, one of the biggest blocks to my self-acceptance is my judging you. Um, because I, I came to hate it in, in myself. I came, I lost tolerance, you know, like I've heard people say we lose tolerance for, for our negative actions and our negative attitudes. And I was losing tolerance for this person who I am who kept judging others and I thought, that's shit. You know, you're shit. How can you keep doing that? Why do you keep doing that to people? Why? How can you become so obsessed with everybody else's shit? You know what I mean? Like, I started really... It really started to bother me to the point where I couldn't accept myself that way, you know? And a lot of the things that I have a hard time accepting in myself are things that, like, maybe need to change. You know what I... You know, like, I've, I've found myself trying to oftentimes accept things you know just saying well you have to come to accept it Susan but the ones that are the hardest is because they're, it's time for them to change you know not through me going out and like desperately changing myself you know and, and you know like okay I'm, I'm not going to do it <laughs> but through you know honest sharing you know admitting what's going on with me and being open to the help that's in the rooms and in the steps um, I I I lean real hard on this fellowship, you people, my higher power and my sponsor, you know, and um, it feels so good to be able to do that, you know, to be able to truly do that, you know, and it, t it took me a few years, you know, to get to a point where I was willing to do that, and, to, and, and it was through coming you know, get, you know, backing myself into positions where there was no other way. There was no other way to live through it clean, you know. And I was oftentimes back that same miserable, hateful, fearful, angry person, you know. And um, it's like that's not what, that's not Susan, a recovering addict, you know. And, and I thought that's who I called myself today. I was at a, a world convention and I was sharing with somebody 
my difficulty in, in being judgmental and my inability to trust. No, I was talking about my inability to trust, and she turned to me and said, do you find that you're trustworthy? Or do you find that, that you're judgmental? And, and see, it's just been like a whole process like that, one thing leading to another, you know? I've gotten to places where I, I, I realized I really had to learn to trust because I needed some help desperately, but I couldn't reach out and, and let you in, you know? I couldn't open up and be honest and trust you because um, I thought you'd judge me like I judged you, you know? Just like everything else, and when we come in here, it's like we don't get the guarantee or the gift first, you know? It's like, first I had to come to this program and believe that it would work for me, you know? And believe that, at least act like I believed, you know? Um, and try it, you know? And, and in doing that, I was shown, you know, very quickly that it's definitely okay you know that we can recover here and that and that it works you know but I had to come to find out that and I had to open up and share and trust to learn that nobody was going to hurt me nobody was going to reject me for who I was or what I thought no one was going to judge me and push me away it's just like all my other fears. The ones that I continue to run from today are the ones I still have. The only ones that are gone are the ones that I've faced. You know? And I guess it's sort of like the same with self-acceptance. When I'm really willing to honestly look at who I am and what's going on or that thing that I'm having a hard time accepting, when I'm really willing to face it, it's not so big and bad, you know? And the acceptance comes you know, through my willingness to just face it. And there's still things, like sometimes, you know, today, um, the very obvious thing that we say is not like the real root of the problem, but hey, we have to live with it. It's like looking in the mirror. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I don't like the way I look, you know? And um, I don't know if anyone can understand that, but I'll look. <laughs> And I'll see, I'll see the things about me that I don't like, you know? And, and what I'll tend to do very often is not look, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to look, I don't want to look because I'm going to see it. If I see it, I'm going to hate it. I'm going to feel like shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I'm ready to look, it makes it possible. You know, it makes the rest of it possible. Just like um, that time I was talking about when I first came to really see, you know, the disease in me and all my defects, even though I thought that was the most painful and difficult time. And I know people in my area go through it when they first really realize all their defects and they think, oh my God, I'm such a piece of shit and all this stuff. You know, it seems like it's the it seems like we're getting worse instead of better, but it's not. It's just that it's 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 like we're getting better because we're seeing it. You know, I've always been Susan, you know, but I've never 
I've never accepted and welcomed me. You know, I've always turned away. You know, and it, it's, um, it's freaky. You know, it's really freaky coming in here, putting down the drugs and starting to face life on life's terms. That's a real shock to us, you know, and we don't have a clue how to live through it, what to do with it, you know, on our own without, without this program. Um, I've been, I'll share a little bit. I've been going through a real <laughs> difficult time in my life. Um, I, I'm in a relationship that I've been in for like the last three years um, with another recovering addict. And um, after a little over two years clean time, he relapsed. And um, my natural response, because I became consumed with fear and, and panic, my natural way of dealing with that was to... The, the things that came to me were like I wanted to use, I wanted to run away. I wanted to find somebody to make it feel better, you know. And that was, those were my best, those were my natural responses, you know. So we don't have, like, a real lot of natural built-in abilities to, to, like, when we're suddenly faced with ourselves, you know, living and accepting us in our lives, you know, and um, had it not been for the people in the program, my sponsor, the things that I've learned by staying clean and working the steps and coming to meetings, I would have had no other alternatives, you know, none whatsoever, you know. And today, um, I find it amazing to be able to sit here and say that I really feel good, you know, that I'm out doing the things that I need to do, that I'm looking at my personal situ situation honestly, that I'm sharing it with my sponsor and anyone who calls, and I mean people call me all the time to see how I'm doing, and I mean I don't even resent it, you know, and you know what, they call because they really care, not because they're curious, you know. I haven't been one bit scared of what people think, you know, it's like, that's, that's, that's amazing, you know, that acceptance and that attitude has only been through the process of recovery, you know, and there's no quick way, and we're all here at this meeting still, you know, like everybody who's here is here because we're continually seeking self-acceptance, you know, it's not something that we're going to, like, latch on to and leave and none of us will be here next year because we'll all have, you know, gotten the answer and <coughs> there'll be a whole new group. It's not, it's, it's elusive, you know. It's like everything else in my recovery in my life, I have to continually maintain and work on it on a daily basis or it just out the window it goes, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't stay. Um, I've gained a lot of freedom 
and a lot of self-acceptance through being able to trust others and lose that judgmental aspect of myself. I'm not saying it's gone, but it's not like powerful anymore because I've taken the risk to trusting you. I learned the most, um, the most I've learned from others about self-acceptance in the last couple of years have been through my sponsees because um, they were they were the avenue through which I was shown how to open up and trust and admit who I am and what's going on with me you know and I just I guess that's been the key you know and I guess I've said it a few times is just I have to know myself before I can accept it and it's like not completely because more is revealed you know bits and pieces are revealed thank God at a time you know not like all at once even though it feels like that the first time you know like it's still being shown to me and and that makes me feel so good because this is like my life you know this is our life you know we didn't have a life okay before we came here you know we were caught up in the grips of our disease we had no choice and we couldn't live and enjoy life we couldn't even live you know and today it's so beautiful to be able to live and go through the process you know make my mistakes and learn from them you know seek out solutions you know um, and not have to be like perfect, you know, like just be here with all of you and just happen to be the one sharing. You know, I'm no like different, could have been you up here, you know, like it's, it's, um, it's just like, it's my life, you know, and everything's an opportunity. So like my sponsees, you know, were often my teachers and my examples even though like they never thought so they always thought like I gave them so much and and I do you know I give in this program very much you know because um, it makes me feel really good because um, I don't know it's just I guess it's that principle they say you know the more you give the more you get back and um, I've never stopped giving around around this program ever you know and I don't say no when I'm asked to do something I just don't um, it's never caused me a problem you know what I mean it's never uh, been too much and I, I don't mean sitting in an area service committee meeting and taking on seven positions because that's not reality but asked to come and share like I don't always have a desire to sit up in front of you know a couple hundred people and share <laughs> and I don't have to have a desire to do that I just have to be willing to do that I have to have a desire to stay clean but I have to be willing um, to do a lot of things in order to keep that gift um, and, and that's I guess how how I finally did you know get clean um, I had a desire and that was a big part of it but it wasn't until I became willing um, that I was able to, to stay clean. But anyway, um, my sponsees would come and share with me 
things that I was never able to share with other people, you know. And they were able to, they would come to me and want to work through challenges that, that I had never wanted to face. And, um, and because I guess this is my life and that was the way, that was the way it had to come to me, you know. And it's like I, I believe that if we're here and we are honest and open and willing, you know, especially honest through being open and willing, I think that's how I get honest, um, that, that these solutions are going to come to us, you know, and it's, it comes through different little ways, I think, for all of us, you know, and at different times, you know, it might be a sponsee, it might be a piece of literature, it might be a newcomer, it might be a relapser, you know. It might be a death of a fellow member. I've experienced and learned from all of these things. And um, the avenue through which it comes doesn't really matter. It's just like now, I guess there's this big thing I've heard lately. It's not the messenger, it's the message. It doesn't really matter. But for me, like everything's a mirror today. You know, and that's just a concept that I've latched on to, is that <coughs> instead of a one-way thing where I look at you, today I still look at you, and I might judge, but it doesn't change the condition of how much I, of, of my loving you, you know? I don't know if you can understand that, but... <laughs> I know what I mean. Um, did I talk too long? Oh, shit, I did. Okay. <coughs> um, a lot of times I struggle with self-acceptance. Um, It's just a constant thing in my head. It's like my disease is very strong for me today. You know, it's very strong. It seems to get stronger all the time. And, my, and, and that's just for me. I don't know if maybe I'm not expressing what's going on with me or not because I don't think we're any different from each other. But that's a way I can express it. And my recovery gets very strong. And it's almost two very distinct alive aspects. And... And because they're so clear to, and, real to, and real to me today, you know, I don't underestimate either one of them. I have a very free choice a lot of the time when I'm really working this program. I have a very clear choice of which, which way I want to go with it. And because through the fellowship and NA, I have the, the tools and the ability to go with either one. <laughs> You know, and um, and that's the way. You know, that's just where I'm at with a lot of things right now, and I'm right there with self-acceptance. You know, and it and it's taken me, it's taken me as long as it's taken me to get to that place where I do have the choice to. You know, because a lot of times I felt like I didn't have. It wasn't something I could choose. You know, I couldn't choose to accept myself. Like I just felt like, how do you how do you get to a point where you can choose to accept yourself or not? But it, it's, it's, you do, because we grow, we get better, you know, we gain, I mean, I've gained 
I've changed, you know. I'm, I am a recovering addict today, and I do have solutions. And I do have the ability, you know, to have positive attitudes, to take positive actions, to choose to recover and, and do all these things. And that, doesn't, and that leaves me not having a real hard time with acceptance. You know, when I, when I, when I'm willing to take that. <laughs> I, anyway, I'm going to shut up and sit down. I just, I, thanks, thanks. Thank you, Susan. I'd um, like to uh, recognize the floor right now for anyone else who'd like to come up and share. Come on right up here and uh, do it to it. The mic is on unless you specify otherwise. He'll hear you over there. I'm sorry I didn't look your way. Everybody wants to die and go to hev heaven, but don't nobody want to die. Some of us believe that various things about this higher power, but I, I know for me that through the higher power, I've seen miracles happen in my life. I've seen miracles in other people's lives. And so I just want to stay around to continue to experience that miracle happening. And through it all, my life has meaning. I feel like I have a purpose in life. If, if that purpose is nothing more than to carry the message to the addict who still suffers, then I'm happy doing that. Because I know that I've experienced something in my life that I've never experienced before. And I want to tell everybody else about that experience. And it's amazing that through that experience, all of us get better in that process. It's just amazing. Um, so I don't have a lot more else to say. Um, I, th I hope that my being here has touched somebody in a small way. However else I can have touched your life or your honesty or inspired you to do something for yourself. Because after all, when you look at Narcotics Anonymous, it's a self-help program. I remember, like, last year. Things and emotions that, that I go through um, is incredible. This is my second convention. I'm really nervous. <laughs> um, I think for me, um, in the beginning, acceptance was knowing that I had nowhere else to turn, you know, knowing that um, I, ha I had to start getting help. I had to start changing. I couldn't, I wasn't going to live the way I was going. And you know, waiting to go into rehab was real, real tough for me. And, um, you know, telling, had to explain to people at work that why I was, um, you know, taking all, all this time off and everything. And, but I knew I had to do it for me. I had this need and desire in me to, um, 
you know, to change. Um, in rehab, they taught me that that I was a worthwhile person, and that was something that it took a lot of time to come to accept. I didn't think I was worthwhile. Um, you know, fake it till you make it. They they forced us <laughs> to say things, even though we didn't believe it. You know, in our hearts, and it took me. It took me over a year in the program, um, in recovery, to really accept that this is where I am and this is what I need. And, and it's not going to be all, you know, peaches and cream. It's going to be hard. And, you know, and I'm doing it one day at a time. And accepting the fact that, that I can love myself today you know, and I learned that from, from you people. I learned that from, from opening up to people and sharing and um, humbling myself to ask for help and having people tell me that I was okay and that I, that I was a good person and a loving person no matter what, no matter what material things I had or things outside myself. Um, they accepted me for me and I could not have done that without you guys. There's no way. When I was told that, I was, I was loved for just being me, no matter what I had. I was so angry. I was like, how? You know, I just had no, I just couldn't conceive how people could love me for me. That's it, you know, just being me. And I was very angry. And about two weeks later, I went back to these two people who are very, very dear friends of mine. And I thanked them, you know. You know, thank you for, for telling me that, and I'm starting to believe that. Um, accepting, you know, accepting that I, acceptance brings gratitude for me. You know, I'm real grateful that I'm, that I'm young and I'm in recovery and, and that I'm on the right path, you know, um, my program has balanced out in the last the last few months a lot. I've made some good decisions for me, and um, you know, and it I let things go and I take things back and I let things go and I take things back and um, I get real angry at myself and I try to do this perfect and I'm not perfect and I never will be perfect and. And I don't realize how I beat myself up, you know, trying to, trying to do this program, trying to live one day at a time without running, without pulling things from the outside, inside, to make me feel better. Um, you people have told me and showed me <laughs> the way I am and my actions and how I act and things that I don't even see, you know. Um, you've told me, and um, I have a desire to live from the inside out today. Um, I believe I had a lot. I have a lot of love, and I have a lot of special stuff in here that I want to give. And it's just starting. I'm just starting to be able to give and feel that I have something to offer. Um, you know, I feel like I don't, but. You know, it's just starting to work. It's just starting to happen. Things are just starting to come out. Um, 
I'm not afraid of newcomers anymore. I used to be really afraid. Um, I think part of it was I was afraid that I, like, would just want to pick them up and carry them through with me, you know, and um, enable them. And that's a big part of me, the caring part in me that I, that makes me want to do that. And um, so I just kind of stayed away for a while. Something in me said, just, it's okay. You know, there's there's a lot of other people who can help. And, and when I let that go, you know, I found myself... The more I loved myself, the more I loved the newcomers, and I was so grateful when I'd see someone new in a meeting. Um, I accept today that I'm okay with me. Um, I don't need a man. I don't need a car. I don't need food and, you know, all the other compulsive, obsessive things that my addiction desires. And that's hard. <laughs> That's really hard. That's that's the hard part for me. Uh, and they told me it was a disease of the emotions. I was blown away. I was like, oh, I'm not insane. You know, I am not crazy. But I'm a responsible adult, and it's time for me to take responsibility for my own life and make changes that I need to make. I no longer can dwell on the past and the way I was brought up and the shit that I went through and because that doesn't matter. You know, we're all here for the same reason, to stay clean and to help one another and, you know, what can I say? That's, at least we have that. I have a lot of friends and people in my family that don't have this and don't have a higher power and just live outside themselves. And it hurts. It hurts to see people like that. And I get real frustrated. But, you know, that's okay. What can I do? I'm, I'm living for me, and I'm doing what I need to do. And I have a wonderful sponsor who, it was my rehab counselor, now she's my sponsor. I let the resentments go and decided to ask her. I did. And she forced herself on me, you know. She knew that after I did my fifth step that I wasn't going to call her. After the crisis is over, I call her and say, you know, this is what I did, and explain it all to her. Now I can call her and just be her friend, you know, and let her know when I'm doing good. So when I'm doing bad, she at least knows me, you know. Letting people get a little bit closer. Not... um meeting people and then just letting it get so far and then walking the other way and getting scared. I liked what I heard earlier. Um, in recovery, I need to have a relationship with me, um, with God, as I call him, with other women. I never thought, I never thought, it's beyond my wildest dreams, that I could spend so much time with women and get so much out of it and not feel like I wasn't good enough um, and compare myself and I'm me, you know, and that's, that's, a, that's come a long way, just accepting me and it was really nice hearing you. I really enjoyed your story. Um, I learned a lot from you and I'm going to shut up. Thanks a lot.
Anybody else? Hi, I'm Kevin. I'm an addict. Hi, Kevin. Um, I heard a lot of good things. Uh, that's why I came to this meeting, to hopefully learn a little something about uh, self-acceptance. And uh, hearing you share that I have to get to know myself first before I'm going to be able to accept myself really helped me out a lot. Because I feel that, for me personally right now, I'm really trying to get to know myself. And uh, whereas I like myself in certain areas and not in other areas, you know, it, it is coming, and I know it's going to be a long process, um, but uh, I think the, you know, the important thing for me is to, uh, is to stay honest and keep an open mind, and you know, I have to constantly have that willingness, and if I keep that and uh, I don't try to chase things because uh, you know, I've chased things uh, my whole life, you know, and when I chase things, they just get further away. Um, if I just take it easy and I keep that uh, willingness and uh, realize that it is going to come and not in my time but in God's time, that, uh, you know, I will have that acceptance one of these days. And for today, I'm pretty happy with myself and I'm glad to be here. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, my name is Bill, and I'm an addict. And I don't wear the glasses because I'm hiding anymore. I wear them because I won't fall down the stairs. They got bifocals on the bottom. I don't see too well, and I'm old, and I'm glad I'm still here and alive. Uh, <laughs> there's not too many of us. Uh, <laughs> so if you keep using and you're young, you ain't going to get to be this old. Uh, acceptance. Acceptance was real hard was real hard. I came to recovery 21 years ago. I got 14 years now. But it took me seven years. It took me seven years. Acceptance was something I couldn't do. I knew that recovery worked, and I know recovery works today for everybody who wants it. But what I wasn't sure was, I wasn't sure it could work for me. Because I thought I was different. I thought I was special, and I was sure you didn't understand me. I could send people here to get help, I couldn't come myself. And there was one thing that I kept. And Narcotics Anonymous tells us that we're as sick as our secrets. <laughs> and you know, I thought that secret was that I was going to have to take the skeletons out of the closet and all that shit. Yeah, that comes later. You get plenty of that later. Fourth and fifth. The secret was that I was an addict and I wanted to get high. And I couldn't reach out next to the person next to me and say, help me. I kept it a secret, and my addiction talks to me. And when it talks, it takes me wherever it wants me to go. And I couldn't figure that out. It was so simple. I wanted it to be more complicated. <laughs> you know, send me a 47-page dissertation on recovery, <laughs> and I might be able to get into it. Don't keep it simple. If you don't pick up, you can't get high. Holy shit! Wow, what a revelation! That's all? No. If you don't pick up, you won't get high, but you better pick that addict up that's sitting next to you, or you will get high. Because you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. And it was acceptance that I needed help, and I needed help from another addict. And that was a hard thing. 
and I didn't find out that that happened. You know why I'm up here? I'm up here because this was exactly where I sat when I had a spiritual awakening. And I wasn't the lights and bolts from the sky and all that shit. I had that when I used drugs. That was, that was a whole different story. What it was is, and you'll see me always sitting in the front row, but you'll always see me looking around the room because I want to look at addicts' faces. And I want to see addicts' faces wherever I go. And when I had my spiritual awareness, I call it, was when I sat up here and I was able to share. So usually I sat out there. Usually I sat as far back as I could go. The coat hanger. You know, I sat way in the back. Then I moved up front, and then finally I moved up, up front. Finally I got up here. And when I got up here, I got a taste of what recovery was all about because I accepted the fact when I looked around the room and I looked into each and every one of your faces out there right now, you all want the same thing I want. And that's a life for your drugs. And that made me accept that I wasn't different than any other addict in this room. And boy, is that a powerful feeling. So if you've never sat up here, get active. Get active and get up here and look at the faces and know that you're not different because you're not. You may be special. You may be unique in your own way, but there ain't an addict that's special when it comes to drugs. It kicks every one of our asses when you get back in the ring with it. Don't get back in there. You're going to lose. This young lady had a powerful story. Powerful story. I wanted to leave a hundred times because I'm 54 pounds overweight and that's a lot of sweat. There's a puddle on the floor over there. <laughs> but she kept talking and she kept grabbing me and grabbing me. And I ran with her recovery like I used to run with my addiction. And if you were listening and you didn't run with her recovery, shame on you. Go to another meeting. Maybe you'll get it there. Thanks, guys. I'm a carbon addict today. And I, oh my God. <laughs> I'm a newcomer and I raised my hand because I was terrified to come up here. And I know um, the growth that I've gotten in this program is from doing a lot of things that I was terrified to do. And, uh, and I'm even more terrified now that I'm up here, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I came to this program and um, I was useless, helpless, and hopeless. And uh, I'm none of those things today. And um, my self-acceptance started from um, the people in the rooms accepting me. And um, for me, I had difficulty accepting myself, and I, and I also had a real hard time with other people accepting me. I couldn't accept that you accepted me just the way I was. Um, and I still have trouble with it, but I'm getting better. Um, my self-acceptance, you know, through that, um, the, more, the, more I, the more faith I get and the more conscious contact I get with the higher power, the more my acceptance gets in every area of my life. Um, today I accept a lot of things about myself. Um, I can't honestly say I, I accept everything I've ever done and said and felt before today, but uh, I accept a lot of things. And uh, I, I've accepted enough for me to go on and for me to grow and to work on other things and, and just take it as a process and not expect it all to happen all at once, you know. Um, and I expected everything to happen in the first week. I wanted to do all 12 steps. 
um, you know, I wanted to be cured within 10 days of coming into recovery, and it took me a while to realize that it's a process, and um, to calm myself down and, and to adjust to the fact that uh, this is a journey that I'm going to be on for the rest of my life, and I got plenty of time to work on all the things I need to work on. And um, my, uh, my sponsor taught me about the, the triple A's, and that's um, admit, accept, and adjust. And I've been able to use that in a lot of areas of my life. Um, for me, I, I can relate it to the, to the first three steps. You know, I, I admitted I was an addict in the first step, then I accepted it in the second step, and I adjusted to it with my higher power in the third step. And, um, and that works for me. Um, the concept that I've come to believe for myself and a higher power and a force that I feel is within me, it works for me. Um, what's worked for me, I don't expect to work for anybody else. You know, all I can do is share my own experience. It's working for me, and that's what's real important for me. Um, I spend a lot of time in step meetings and, and listening to people talk about God, 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 and, and uh, I was totally confused. Um, I turned to, to the recovery text for a lot of information because in step meetings I was hearing a lot of opinions and they were, a lot of them were different and I couldn't really relate to anybody and I didn't understand. Um, it wasn't clear cut for me. I wanted somebody to tell me this is it instead of, well, this is it or it could be this way or that way or that way and I was totally uh, confused all the time. And, and when I was real confused, I turned to recovery text, and I got a lot of the answers I needed there. And I was able to form my own opinion so that in step meetings I could tell everybody my way that I did it, you know. And, and that felt good. <laughs> Instead of sitting there like, oh, should I do it her way or his way or his way? And, you know, which way is the right way? And, um, you know, in the recovery text in step two, it, it didn't talk about God hardly at all. It, it didn't say hardly anything about God. And, um... You know, I, I came to believe that the program worked. I spent a lot of times in meetings and, you know, weeks and weeks were going by wondering when I was going to get a higher power and when I was going to get a God so I could be stronger and this and that and totally neglecting the fact that uh, I already had a power greater than myself because I was still coming. I was still there. Weeks were going by and I was clean. I already had a power greater than myself and I was so busy trying to find uh, what everybody else had, you know, this whatever they else had that I felt I didn't. And I neglected the fact that I already must have had something because something was working for me. And uh, the powers greater than myself are different in different situations. Sometimes, yeah, I get on my knees and that works. Sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes I need to talk to somebody else or I need to talk to my sponsor or I need to go to a meeting. And whatever it is that works for me and whatever the situation is, that, that's the power greater than me at that time. So I don't have one specific uh, power that's greater than me. I have a whole lot of them. And I'm grateful that the powers greater than me today are not drugs and depression and anger and resentment and fear. Um, I didn't call them that. When I, when I came to NA, too, it was like learning another language. And you guys were, it was another language. Everybody had these sayings and these words that I never heard of. And, uh, you know, everybody was flinging them around. And, and you kind of neglect the fact that, uh, you know, I sat there and they said the newcomer is the most important person. And here I am, I'm feeling like the slimiest, you know, horriblest thing that ever slid under the door. And then everybody's saying, well, you're the most important person here. And uh, it took me a long time to believe that. And, uh, you know, I I'm starting to accept that now. And, and I try to always remember that. Um, you know, I'm still new in recovery, and I'm not afraid of newcomers. Um, I reach out to newcomers because I know how afraid and alone I felt. And, and there were people that reached out to me, but not that many. Everybody talks about that, but um, in actuality, a lot of people don't do it. You know, you see them come in, and you kind of sit back and watch them to see if they're going to stay, and then you might talk to them. But when I was new, like, I went to a Friday night meeting, and it was more people than this, and maybe three people, you know, said something to me. 
And I, and I try to remember today that the newcomer doesn't have the, uh, the outlets that we have, doesn't have the friendships, doesn't have the familiar faces. And uh, when we walk into a room, it's terrifying. And, uh, you know, I try to remember that and get out of myself and go say hi to that person, even though I'm still insecure and I don't have a whole lot of self-esteem. Um, I've gotten it through doing stuff like this, through uh, doing things that I was scared to do, doing things that were new to me, walking up to a stranger and saying, hi, my name is India. That was real new to me. But I do it because um, I know how terrified I was, and I don't ever want to forget that because um, the program, you know, works by us giving it away, and uh, I can't keep giving it away to somebody that's been here as long as me. I, I need people that are new, and, um, you know, they give me a message. They remind me where I came from, and I don't want to forget that. And, um, you know, I want to give them what I've gotten, and I, and I want to be able to reach out to them and, and try to make them feel comfortable and never get so good that uh, I can sit back and watch them and wait to see if they make it. A lot of them don't make it because they don't feel welcomed and they're afraid and they leave because uh, it's real unfamiliar and scary and if there's nobody uh, reaching out to you, everybody's talking about it, but nobody's doing it. And I, and I went to a lot of meetings and uh, I only kept coming because I was terrified of going back out and uh, drugs had beat my ass up and down Springfield and I totally surrendered. You know, I totally surrendered and I tried every single thing else under the sun first. I don't know about you guys, but I tried everything else in the world um, before I was able to surrender and it was only then that I was totally able to surrender and I don't have any reservations. Um, I know I belong here today. but. Um, <coughs> Oh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I totally surrendered, and, and that's what kept me coming, was I was too scared to go back out, and I didn't have anything else to lose. But it wasn't because of, uh, I felt the love, yes, but I felt it like all oh, you guys had it, and I really felt like an outsider, and I guess every newcomer does. But um, I know for myself, I would have felt better if somebody would have offered me some of that love. Somebody, you know, more than the couple of people that did, would have made me feel welcomed. And uh, I know I still wouldn't have felt a part of it, but I would have felt... Um, more like coming back, more like uh, um, if it was just one person that remembered me at the second meeting, you know. Um, I didn't get that, and, uh, and I try to remember that today because, um, you know, I don't want to just talk about these things. I want to do them, and, um, and I want to welcome the person that's new because they are the most important people. And, um, you know, sometimes we do it without realizing it. Sometimes we get caught up in our friends and hugging, and we don't notice that strange person sitting in the chair. If we do, we just walk by them. And, um, you know, I want to live today, and I want to stay clean, and I want to grow, and I want to continue to give. And, um, you know, to me, that's something important, because I am still new. And I'm not quite as new as the ones that are too scared to come up here or too scared to raise their hand. But I'm not so far away from that that I don't remember how they feel, and I don't observe all the people that talk about that and say that, and they don't do it, you know, or they do it somewhere along the line. But, um, you know, I make it a regular point when I go into meetings to look for somebody that I've never seen before. And I make a point to go over to that person and introduce them. Maybe they've been clean 10 years and they're just visiting. I don't know. But I go to meetings every day, so I basically know who's there every day, and I know who's new, and I know who I've never seen before. And, um, you know, it's just real important. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Hi, I'm an addict. My name is Bill. And uh, my first two, three months, I came into this fellowship, and I'm still uh, a newcomer myself. My first two or three months, I came to this fellowship. I, went, I came to meetings, 
I'd sit out there and the speaker would get done and open it up to the floor and I'd raise my hand. I used to start talking, I'd start saying things like, you know what you addicts ought to do? And I didn't even realize, I didn't know what I was saying, you know. I'm 40 years old. I had over 21 years out there in active addiction. And I would literally go on and on saying, you ought to do this, you addicts, and you addicts ought to do this, and you addicts ought to do that. I had no self-acceptance that I was an addict. I was coming to meetings, I'm telling you, about three months, and absolutely no self-acceptance to the fact that when I was saying what you addicts ought to do, I was saying to myself what I ought to do. And then, um, I don't know, you know, I don't know what happened, but something happened. I guess it was just, I just they, people just kept telling me, you know, keep coming back. And I kept coming back because I had nowhere else to go. I had burnt my bridges. My wife had left me. I had no friends. Loneliness had kept me in, in active addiction for so many years that uh, I just had nowhere to go. I had no friends. I had nothing. And I came to NA and the people hugged me and nobody told me this. And then a, you know, a couple months ago, people were making jokes with me about it, you know, and they were saying how I used to say these things. I said, I really used to say that? And they said, yeah, you used to say that. I said, come on, man, you would have said something to me. And he said, no, we just, you know, let you talk and we just hoped that you would just keep coming back because we knew that if you kept coming back, you'd get better in spite of yourself. And you know what? I did. That's the miracle, this, this fellowship. If you just bring your body, like I did, you get better, just like I did, in spite of myself. And now, these same people that, that loved me then, love me today, and when they get H&I commitments, they, they ask me to come there and, and speak for them, and when they get these other commitments, they ask me to come there, and, and I love it. You know, and I, I love, hey, I love Narcotics Anonymous, you know? Um, this is my family today. It, these are where my friends are. This is like the corner that I always wanted to be a part of. I never felt a part of anything. I had, because I never felt a part of myself. You really, really did give a, a good message. And I, and I could really identify with what you were saying because, you know, like I was saying, I'm 40 years old. And ever since I was 15 years old, I always had girlfriends and drugs and alcohol. And I, I feel like finally, for the first time in my life, I'm starting to get to know who Bill Rubin is. I never knew who I was. So no wonder I sat there saying, you guys, you ought to do this and you ought to do that. I had no idea who I was. And, and this fellowship has really given me the chance to get to know myself. And by getting to know myself, I, I'm getting in touch with feelings that, you know, I always medicated all those years, medicating all those feelings. I just am real grateful, and I'm real grateful to be here. This is my first convention, and it's really great to be able to... Uh, hear people from other than my my area talking about recovery and it's just great you know and thanks for letting me share got time for one more Hi, family. I'm an addict. My name is Denise. Hi, Denise. Hi. Um, I'd like to give thanks to my higher power and the fellowship for being clean and for that. I'm grateful. You know, um, whew, it, it is nervous being up here. You know, I don't care how much time you got and how many times you get behind the table. It's always nervous, you know. Uh, they used to tell me when I first came around, that's guys shaking the truth out of you, you know. And uh, <laughs> I used to be like... Shh. 
I used to say, wow, is he really going to shake the truth out of me? You know, um, like the guy I shared earlier, how, you know, you're just as secret, sick as your secrets, you know. And for a long time, I carried a lot of secrets around with me, you know. Um, when I first came around the fellowship, you know, I couldn't accept the fact that I didn't come to get clean like a lot of other people did through rehabs, you know. Um, I had to accept the fact that I came, you know, straight from jail, you know. Um, there's a saying now, you know, you come from Yale to jail, and it was like, damn, how they knew that fitted me, you know. Um, and, and, and I had to accept that, you know, that um, through the grace of God that this fellowship is nationwide, you know, because uh, recovery is possible all over the world, you know. And it allowed me to see that um, I did have a problem, you know. Um, for a long time, I didn't think that I was an addict, you know. Even when I was out there, I always seen the things on commercials and stuff like that, and I'm like turning the shit off, you know, who was they talking about, say no to drugs and stop the pushing and all this old shit, you know, I couldn't accept that, you know, that um, there was a world of people out here that wanted to stay clean, you know, because I didn't want to, I thought that I was going to use for the rest of my life because that was the way of the world, you know, and that was being hip, you know, and um, once I got clean, you know, it's like, damn, now I'm on this side of the fence, you know saying the same thing y'all used to say before I got here, you know, and it feels good today, you know, I can accept that today that, you know, um, I don't have to use under any and all circumstances, you know, and self-acceptance is where I'm at today, you know, um, yesterday, you know, uh, through the fellowship of meeting people, you know, friends and stuff like that, I became close to this fellow member, and um, God bless her soul, she passed away, and we buried her yesterday morning, you know, and um, that was hard for me. You know, um, all week, you know, I bugged my, my sponsor and a lot of the other, you know, uh, women that I'm close to in the fellowship, telling them, you know, how since I've been coming around, I always looked at being clean as a way to escape death, you know. And today I have accepted that because I'm clean don't mean I can't die, you know. Um, I can still die, but today I can die clean, you know. And... You know, I, I felt that God shouldn't have took this person because she was a beautiful person. You know, when I first came in the fellowship, she she really walked with me through a lot of the pain and the um, acceptance that I had to go through, you know, in order to stick and stay, you know, because um, I just wanted to, to stop using, you know. I just didn't want to use the chemicals anymore. But little did I know that that's when the process of recovering started for me, you know, because the day is not about the chemicals for me. It's accepting the fact that I am an addict and I have a disease of addiction, you know, and in the basic text, it doesn't specify what type of disease we have because it covers all areas of my life today, you know, and I have to accept that, you know, and a lot of days it's hard to accept the fact that, you know, um, I'm powerless over things, you know. Um, it's hard to accept that my life is unmanageable a lot of times, you know, I think, shit, I got three years, I've been clean, I ain't picked up no chemicals, why am I still so unmanageable with things, you know? Um, I set out three hours to be somewhere, you know, at a certain time, and I'm three hours late still, you know? It's like, <laughs> this is what, you know, today I, I'm practicing, you know, how to be on time, you know, and, and it's hard, you know, because it's something that I never did for a long time, you know, even when I was working, you know, going to work and shit like that. The boss gave me warnings after warnings and say, be on time. I'll get there a minute before the clock strikes, you know, the certain time I'm supposed to be there. Knowing that I was up two hours before to get there on time, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I, that's a part of my life right now that um, it's complicated, you know. And I don't want to accept the fact that I'm complicated in areas that 
I feel that I should be more better at, you know, um, even accepting the fact that I'm powerless, but I, today I have accepted the fact that I'm not helpless. You know, um, I can help myself to other, you know, recovering people in the fellowship to direct me in areas that I thought that I was all right in, you know, and boy, you know, um, it's beautiful to be a part of something that, you know, uh, can help show you the way of life, you know, and the journey to live because I thought I was living all along, but all I was doing is just existing in the world of, of society, you know. But today I'm learning what it's like to live, and I can accept that today, you know. Um, I had to accept the fact that, you know, coming out here, you know, we got lost numerous of times, you know, but I learned today that we wasn't really lost, you know. We was just on our own path, doing it our way. <laughs> you know, but, um, boy. It, it, you know, it, it's hard to reach out a lot of times and ask for help, you know. And, I mean, once we start reaching out and saying, God, you know, direct us to the way we need to go, you know, we wind up at the post office, we wind up at the police station, but through the grace of God, we got here. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs> How about a round of that for all of us before we close? <laughs>